Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZFB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday because it's the weekend, and this is the weekend edition. Um, uh, uh, the policies we've seen announced from everybody in the election campaign so far are too, too wishy-washy. Why aren't we uh, prosecuting the thousand people who protested during lockdown? Uh, is social media taking a nasty turn? And Nadia Lim is amazing. But before any of that, uh, the rugby championship, will it be much of a tournament if South Africa doesn't turn up? You've obviously heard the news then that uh, the rugby championship is going to be played in Australia now. So what, mm-hmm. is, what has been the reaction to that? And, and, and do, you, do you honestly believe that the team will be ready to play by then? Martin, I can tell you how. Um, uh, South Africa at the moment, it's, it's, it's really quiet. Um, and I, I, I got a feeling that, that unfortunately, I don't think South Africa is going to take part in that, to be honest. I think that's my opinion. Um, yet, but let me tell you, South Africa at the moment uh, doesn't look like they're going to play. Uh, the boys are not really, really fit enough. They, they obviously will need a couple of weeks, and they will probably have maybe two or three weeks to, to get themselves ready for that tournament, and it will be, you know, it will be high intensity. Uh, and, and then again... It's just the, the nature of the beast. I mean, you've seen what happened in a couple of weeks with, um, you know, uh, the box probably not being welcome in, in uh, you know, with the New Zealand Australian guys having negotiations. There's lots of talk and rumors going around at the moment. So things are a little bit missed from a South African perspective. So I don't think it sits well with them at the moment. So, well, nothing has been confirmed, but let me check the feeling or my opinion. I don't think the box will take part in that uh, competition, unfortunately. Yeah, so this is generally the rule these days, isn't it? As soon as, as anybody tries to make anything happen, it probably won't. I think we've all got used to that, haven't we? Um, meanwhile, back here, there's an election that may or may not happen. It might happen, but probably won't. Uh, it'd be nice if we had some decent policies. Jack hasn't seen any so far, I don't think. We face crises on many fronts. Climate change, poverty, housing inequality. The list goes on. But no one so far has been brave enough to really shake things up. Perhaps you think I'm too cynical. Or you think it's the role of the main parties to always try and capture the centre. Maybe you think... Ah, give it another term, let the dust settle from COVID-19, and then Labour will do something brave and try to be transformational. But that's not how this works. The impulse to hold on to power will always outweigh the impulse to do something really big with that power. I'm not saying the Prime Minister hasn't distinguished herself with many parts of her leadership. People will call Jacinda Ardern many things, kind, considered, inspirational even, but as a policymaker, as a policymaker, I don't think you can call her or her party brave. Am I just imagining it, or is Jack slowly uh, being infected by the news talk ZB uh, conservatism bug? I just feel like he's not as lefty liberal as he used to be. Am I right? Is it, am I right about that? Or just throwing that out there, just trying to stir things up a bit. Um, and now I'm not sure if it's really part of the campaign or what they were trying to do, this rally for freedom situation. 
But there were a thousand people there, which is too many people under the current lockdown rules or pseudo lockdown rules. But apparently they're not being prosecuted, these people. Why not? Now, do you think this, are the police being hard enough on this stuff? Because a lot of, we, we posted um, something on our Facebook page and a lot, a lot of angry people in, in response to the angry people who all decided that they should congregate. What, are the, what about the police? Well, you're left with a nasty feeling that it was gutless, aren't you? Under the uh, COVID-19 regulations, Batania's level 2.5, gatherings more than 10 people are prohibited. We all know that. For the police to then permit hundreds, if not thousands of people to gather in what is fundamentally direct contravention of that regulation, it's just an abdication of their responsibilities. They say that they're there to uphold and enforce the relevant laws, and they don't. Is, well, what defence, if you were representing the police commissioner, <laughs> what defence would you offer for the police not, in, not acting um, in a more stringent manner? Well, playing devil's advocate, uh, one suspects that there was a meeting that took place, that you would have to infer that somehow a meeting involving top police brass and the relevant ministers took place. Uh, because they were concerned. They were forewarned. Everybody was aware of this intention to gather and direct flouting of the laws. Uh, so you can only presume that uh, somebody has issued a directive to say, we don't want a Portland-type situation. We don't need video transmitted all around the world of New Zealand police and riot gear enforcing the law. Uh, so, and you can imagine why a government wouldn't want that this proximate to an election, but that's another can, mm. what is it, can of worms. Uh, but you could see why they wouldn't want to fan the flames, uh, and therefore it was a bit of a being between a rock and a hard place. So, hang on, we're worried about a social media backlash to enforcing the law. Is that what is happening? The internet has got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? Here is Mark Zuckerberg's mentor, apparently, talking about just that. Look, this week we've seen this distressing video live-streamed on Facebook, shared on TikTok, and shared and shared over again. It's just another example of social media going wrong. Do you believe those running these platforms genuinely care about these issues? I, I believe they care, but not in the way we need them to. They care deeply about maximizing engagement of the audience on their platforms. And the sad reality is that because of the way we're wired for self-protection, hate speech, disinformation, and conspiracy theories are the most effective content for grabbing and holding our attention. We have to pay attention because it's about survival. And things like that suicide video are just really good for the business of internet platforms like TikTok, like Facebook, like Google, YouTube, and Twitter. And no matter what they tell you, they would like to have their platforms be open to that kind of content because it makes them more powerful and more profitable. When there is an outrage, as there has been over a video such as this, why can't they get rid of it. We keep seeing comments that they're trying to get on top of it, but it's still out there. Can they not get rid of it entirely? So, uh, the biggest problem is one of intent. They want the complaints to go away, but they do not want the engagement of dangerous content to go away. And so as a consequence, they make the minimum effort to remove videos like this. Or let's take the example of the Christchurch terrorism that took place in, in, in New Zealand, where there are still copies of that video circulating on the internet, and there are 
researchers who find them routinely, the platforms aren't looking. Okay, so yeah, basically it's just the end of the world as we know. I think we, the thing is we all thought the end of the world would happen quickly, but it, and it is happening quite quickly, but not like instantly. But in the meantime, at least Nadia Lim's just cooking her way through it, right? What's your day like? Are you just are you just crazy, crazy, crazy busy, or do you have any balance? Um, it, it seems to come in waves. At the moment, it's definitely a busy period. Yeah, there's lots of exciting things in the pipeline. Um, yeah, but thank you, by the way, for that introduction. That was very kind of you, and I hadn't really kind of thought to thought about all of it over the last couple of months. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like done. I yeah. feel like like you know, like we say, 2020 has been a, kind of a crappy year for most of us. But you have still mm. managed to like achieve all of this stuff. Why, why don't you tell us a bit about the Garden to Table initiative for people who aren't kind of uh, uh, familiar with it? Familiar with it. Um, well, it, its title kind of says it all in a nutshell. So what it is, it is a gardening, harvesting, cooking program in schools. So at the moment, it's um, it's not mandatory. Like schools have to opt in to do it. And I just think I'm such a strong believer that learning how to grow and cook your own food are such essential life skills. Yeah. Like I firmly believe that it should be taught in all schools around New Zealand, actually along with other you know, basic life skills like how to budget, I think would be very useful too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yep, always save those uh, bits to the end of the podcast just to make us still feel hungry at the end. I don't know why I do that, but I always do that. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, it's probably too early in the morning to melt cheese on stuff. No, it's never too early. Uh, I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another News Talk ZB.